I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Sit back and enjoy the stroke play of Meg Lanning. This is excellent batting by Ash Gardner. Jonathan strikes again. She's on a hat-trick. She comes at Molyneux. Catch is taken by Perry. The Australian women's cricket team win their fifth T20 World Cup title in front of a magical crowd at the MCG. Hello and welcome back to The Scoop. We are the cricket podcast dedicated to the women's game. My name is Emily Collin and I am joined as always by Laura Jolly, the women's cricket editor for cricket.com.au. LJ, we've reached the halfway point of WBBL 07 with 28 matches done and dusted. I feel like we do say this every year, but can you believe how quickly it's gone? I really can't. I was shocked yesterday when I realised that we were halfway through the regular season. It um, feels like it just started. Always. It always feels like it just started. But yeah, it's been a, it's been a very interesting start and the, there's very little separating all the eight teams. So we've had another very intriguing week of action to get our heads around. So on this week's episode, we're joined as always by our expert commentator, Kristen Beams, as well as Renegades gun batter, Jess Duffin, who is sure to be on a high after a very, very positive weekend for the Renegades. But before we get to that, LJ, I would love to know your highlight of the week. I absolutely loved seeing Harmer Preetpaw's innings yesterday uh, on Sunday in that chase at Lilac Hill. It was just her at her absolute best, heaps of sixes, um, getting the Renegades home in a really big chase. So I absolutely loved seeing her step up in that situation. Um, I did have a, a non-highlight of the week too. Um, Ooh, okay. I'm like, I just don't think there's any place for this in the WBBL and I want it to stop and that's Meg Lanning not making runs. So <laughs> really hoping we, we see that turn around this weekend because we love watching Meg bat. So yes. hoping for a bit of a change there. Um, what was your moment of the weekend? Well, firstly, LJ, I will say I am definitely on the same page with you regarding Meg and I'm not sure if Meg listens to our podcast, but the scoop does have a bit of a reputation for you know turning around the fortunes of players and people often go on to do really well after coming on the podcast so Meg if that's an avenue you'd like to go down to try and find some form where we're here we're here if you need but anyway back to back to my highlight of the week um I think this was probably a lot of people's highlight of the week and it's something it didn't involve any cricket but I loved seeing the WBBL get back to Perth and just Lilac Hill. I reckon Lilac Hill, I would love to visit that venue and go to a WBBL weekend there. I reckon it looks so much fun. I reckon a big part of that is because of the dog parade, uh, which is just so unique. And it's such a, it's such a WBBL thing. And it's just, it just looks like the best atmosphere. So they had, I think they had more than 6,000 fans come on down to Lilac Hill and I think 60 dogs was it over the weekend. And it just, it just looked amazing. So hopefully next year we can get down to Lilac Hill because I've never been and I really want to go. Have you been? I went once, but it was WBBLO2, I think, before the dog 
things started. So I haven't got to experience that. And um, yeah, I would like to offer our sincere congratulations to the winner of the Pooch Parade, Ruby. She's in a little Scorchers t-shirt and was very cute. So cute. Congrats, Ruby. Oh, we'll love it. Next year. All right. Next year, let's make it our mission to get there. But hopefully we've got plenty more, plenty more crowds to see filing into Perth and Adelaide over the next couple of weeks. But for now, let's get stuck right in with Beamsy. And welcome back to the show, Kristen Beams, our resident expert commentator. Beamsy, that was a bumper weekend of cricket. We were just saying before, can you believe that it's halfway through the season already? Like, it just goes so quickly all the time. Hey, guys. No, I can't believe that we're already this far into the competition. And I still don't think we're any clearer on knowing who's going to win this thing. And we've seen so many upsets. And I think that's what makes it feel like it hasn't been going for very long because each game is sort of like, who's going to win? What's going to happen? Uh, so it's it's a really cool time in the comp. It is. Did you have a highlight from the from the week last week, Beamsy? Um, well, I had lots of highlights. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Mignon Dupree's innings was something that was very, very special. Um, I really enjoyed seeing that. Um, I think Kim Garth, again, just continues to grow and grow in this competition. I've really enjoyed watching her. And my little highlight was a little Tessie Flintoff player of the match yeah. um, in yesterday's game as well. So I've really enjoyed the emergence of some young players uh, in the comp as well. I think Phoebe Litchfield was very good the other day for the Thunder as well. So bring on the young kids in this competition. It's There's too many highlights at the moment. And so the Tassie leg is all wrapped up now. The action's off to Perth and then Adelaide. Before we delve further, further in, we're at the midway point of the regular season now. Which team do you think is looking like a bit of a front runner at this point? I think the Heat uh, are probably the front runner for me. I, I think they've just got great diversity on every front. I think you look at their batting I think Grace Harris has been exceptional and she's got a nice little combination with Georgia Redmayne. And then their middle order is actually starting to find their feet as well. And we ha- they haven't even really needed to use Jess Jonathan from a batting point of view. So if you consider that that's their batting lineup, I think they've got, they're going to go a long way in this competition. And same from a bowling point of view, I think they've just got so many different options. They've chopped and changed their options as well. And they've continued to do that in the tournament. And I like that they do that. They play different pace bowlers at different times. Mm-hmm. So for me, they, they probably look the goods because I think we've always talked about the Heat as being a really dynamic X-Factor team. But now I think they've got the depth as well. So I actually think you get two or three wickets and it's, you know, you know, certainly against the Heat. 100%. Beamsy, we want to talk about the Melbourne Renegades first who are sitting on top of the table. So I don't know about you, but they've probably surprised a few of us. You gave their off-season uh, recruiting a B minus. Have they exceeded your expectations with what they've been able to achieve in the first chunk of this season? Yeah, I think they were always going to be a good unit. I think when you think about the players they bought him in Harman Court and Rodrigues, I think Rodrigues was outstanding in the hundred. I think she's coming off some the back of some really good domestic cricket. Uh, so I think when you you think about that, you go, well, you know, I think they've had big influence from a batting point of view. Um, and we talked about them from a spin point of view. The loss of Georgia Wareham's massive, but Sophie Molyneux is still probably the the best spinner in the comp right now. Um, and I think she's done a great job from a captaincy point of view. So I think they're probably catching a lot of people by surprise. But I look at their list and go, that's a very good list. And I think they had the potential to take it out. I think the inclusion of Jess Duffin back into the middle, I think they've just got lots of options. And what they've got is players who have taken their opportunity when they've got it. And I think that's been really critical for them. And you did mention that a big factor for the Gates would be the Indian flair that Jamima and Harmanpreet would bring to the team. We saw that from Harmanpreet yesterday. How did you, on Sunday, how did you rate that innings? Yeah, it was it was amazing. I think what she's got the ability to do is, is just accelerate at the right time. It's a, 
it's a bit nearly MS Dhoni like it's like she just knows when to, to put the foot on the accelerator and I think that's a really nice combination she's got with Rodrigues and I think that's a bonus of having international players that actually from the same country I think you know look at the strikers and you go Van Niekerk and Woolvard I, I think there's some really nice little combinations within each of the teams and I think then you can bring out the best of those players those international players as well and I think if you can do that then I think it's going to take you a long way in the in the competition. Absolutely. And onto the Sydney Sixers Beamsy, who bounced back with a big win on Sunday. It was all about Elisa Healy. She was just shy of 100, but it was a real statement innings and it kind of gave them the lift that they really needed. How important do you reckon that was for both Midge as well as the Sixers? Yeah, she's such a lead by example kind of player. And um, it was always a matter of time before that kind of innings happened, I think. And you know, it seemed like she just was like, right, that's it. I'm going to take the game by the scruff of the neck and enough's enough and I'm, I'm going to lead the way. And I think I really liked the combination with Perry. I, th- I think that was the, the right way to go about it. And you can't underestimate those little combinations where people know each other so well. And I think, I think it just probably gives her some nice comfort up top when she's batting with Pez to do that. And it was nearly like she just had the freedom to say, right, I'm going to take the game wherever I want to take it. Um, so look out everyone else coming up against the Sixers. I, I think they're just going to get better and better and, can they challenge in this competition? Yes, I think they can. Yeah, do you think they're working out how best to use that batting lineup now by putting Pez back up the top with Healy and leaving Shafali as a bit of an explosive floater in the middle order? Yeah, I like what they did. And, and that's always the challenge. You can recruit players, but you've also got to work out how they fit. You've got to put that sort of jigsaw puzzle together in a lot of ways. And I think everyone's sort of like, yeah, you know, Verma has to be up top, but that's not necessarily true. I think you've got to find the combination that works best to, for your team. So it's not just about, okay, let's recruit, recruit the best players, but then it's like, where, where can they best play a role for you? And that might be different to the role they play internationally. And I think we've probably seen that. I think Verma can add a lot. If you think about from a bowling point of view, you take two or three wickets and then all of a sudden Shafali Verma walks out, you think, okay, this is, this is actually going to be really hard work. Um, and I think Pez can be sort of that glue that holds their their batting innings together. So I feel like that's a, a really nice move. I don't think they'll go away from that now. I think it's probably their blueprint, um, which is also not great for, for teams coming up against the Sixers because I think when they get those combinations right, it's going to be really challenging to beat them. Yeah, certainly. And another interesting one, Beamsy, is the Hurricanes. So they were really strong, obviously, against the Stars earlier in the week. Mignon Dupree seems to have found some really strong form, but two losses on the weekend. But you do get the sense that they're not far off. What do you reckon they're lacking at the moment? Is it just a bit of consistency? Yeah, they sort of seem a bit similar to the Sixers, don't they? You're, sort of, you're looking at their list and going, well, actually, they should be winning a lot more games of cricket than, than what they are. And um, I think, you know, opposition teams are always going to be wary because you look at the list and go, actually, that's a good list. They, they recruited really well, but they, they sort of haven't found uh, their rhythm in a lot of ways. And they seem to be like not far away, but sometimes that's actually worse in tournaments. You'd rather be a long way away and go, actually, we're just playing horrible, horrible cricket rather than feeling like actually if two or three things had have gone differently. If, you know, we had have made that change instead of this or this particular batter had have made a different decision. So Look, they've underperformed. There's, there's no doubt about that. You can't, you can't get away from that. But I think it's just about finding the right combinations. And when you lose two on the bounce in, in quick succession, I think the, their next game is going to be a really important one. Um, and it's a big clash. I think it's the Sixers. So I think that'll be a, a really important game and it'll probably define their season. Um, so it's a big one for the Hurricanes. Yeah, that one's going to be absolutely massive. And one of the players you mentioned earlier, and who has one of the best stories of the season so far has been Kim Garth um, with the ball for the stars. Um, can well, How do you 
see her evolving her game this season? And do you think there's been some improvements there from her? Yeah, I think the great thing for her probably in the Stars lineup, if you consider what their team was last year to this year, it's actually a really nice time for her to come into the side because she can actually play a batting role. Um, and she hits to different pockets. So she's she's allowed the the stars to sort of move things around in the middle order a little bit as well. So I think we probably wouldn't have seen as much from her from a batting point of view if they had sort of a Natalie Siver or a Mignon Dupria. She probably would have gone down the line a little bit more. So sometimes it's all about timing. She's come in and she's taken her opportunities. There's no doubt she bowls, she bowls a great hard length. She's got good change-ups. Um, so she's been really dangerous from a bowling point of view. But I think the big thing for me is what she's been able to offer with the bat for the stars. And it's been really important because it takes the pressure off Meg Lanning and Elise Villani to, to do the bulk of the work. And I do like that we're seeing um, Lanning and Villani open the batting. I think that's really important in the same way that we're seeing Perry and Healy. So it, it'll continue to allow Bouchier and it'll allow Kim Garth to keep doing her thing. But I think she's been really impressive. And I think when you talk about international signings, you get big tick tick for, for the stars with Kim Garth. And we know Kim Garth has been vocal in the past about wanting to play for Australia one day. Can you see the Australian selectors ever giving her a chance and maybe giving her like getting her in the squad I think it's all about I think it's all about form I think it's I think the reality is she's going to have to come up against some really young talented pace bowlers that's that's going to be her in so um you know is she right now where is she in the pecking order she's probably not in the pecking order when we consider that we've got you know Darcy Brown Stella Campbell Taylor Valamic there's a whole lot of players that are probably in front of her at the moment but I think you never say never with that I think if if she's performing and she's the right person at the right time then you know, I think they probably would consider to to bring her into that team, which would which would be a big deal if that happened. And staying on the topic of the stars, um, you mentioned Meg Lanning going back up to the top of the order. We obviously haven't seen the best of her yet this tournament um, or this summer, but Elise Fulani reckons she's more out of luck than out of form. How have you seen Meg so far? Yeah, I think she's really similar. It reminds me a little bit of Elisa Healy in the leading into the the World Cup and everyone was going, oh my goodness, she's in poor form and she's not going well. And she was like, I'm actually hitting the ball really well. I just haven't had a lot of luck. And I, I think Meg's in a, in a bit of a similar boat. I think when you look at some of the dismissals, you go, wow, okay. Like I, I think on another day that goes your way and um, doesn't go to hand or, or whatever it is and she's away. So I think she's just one of those players that I don't know that she's ever out of form. I think she probably just hasn't had some luck and Again, we, we keep saying it, but someone's going to pay at some point in this competition because she hasn't made the amount of runs that, that she would like to. So look out at those teams that have got the stars in the next week. Look out. We're praying that happens. And Beamsy, so last year it was Laura Kamins for the Brisbane Heat that took the competition by storm. And this year it's Grace Harris. So she's currently leading the runs tally and she's just she's playing some really good cricket and really smart cricket. Do you reckon from your perspective, does it seem like she's maturing as a player? Yeah, I think so. I think she just knows her game really well. And I think the other part is that the heat lineup is, has got the right amount of diversity to go in and around her. So I think they're making different decisions if she's going well, or if she gets out on who comes into the, into the order. And I think that's really important. So it allows someone like Grace to actually just play a natural game. And every batter wants to do that. You want to just be able to walk out in a game and go, all right, I'm just going to do it my way. Um, and it seems like at the moment, Grace Harris gets the freedom to, to do it her way. But I think what we're seeing at the moment is she's actually going to her strengths a little bit more rather than just trying to chase as many runs. It seems like she's got a plan um, and she's sort of executing that plan a, a lot more. So um, I don't think it's going to get any easier for, for teams in this competition because I think she's great gaining confidence in, in every inning. And you were in the Aussie team when Grace was in there um, around 2015, 2016. 
Can you see her getting her way back into that Australian side at some point over the next year or two if she can keep up this sort of form? Yeah, I think I think so because I think the I think what she's been able to do, I think if she can take that form, I think you'd you'd look at what she's doing in the WBBL at the moment and say that's actually got some value in that Australian team. It's going to be a bit about whether the opportunity arises, but I sort of see that she could be the kind of player if there is an injury to one of those top order that she might be the kind of player that you just throw in there and say, well, let's let's just throw her in. Um, and give her that opportunity. I think when she had the chance to be a part of that Australian squad when when I was around, I think it just wasn't the right time for her. I think she was this super talented young player, um, but she probably didn't know her game in the same way that she does now. So you sort of always hope that players who get their opportunity young actually get another crack at it because I think, you know, speaking from experience as somebody who debuted really late, it was really nice to debut at a time when you actually do know your game really well. Um, I think when you have that chance, I think you give yourself the best opportunity to play really good cricket for Australia. And I think she's good enough to, to play cricket for Australia again. Whether the timing works out for her or not, I'm not sure. I guess we'll wait and see. I know there are plenty of fans who would love to see Grace Harris in the green and gold once again. But Beansy, just finally, I'm not sure there's too much more we can say about Sophie Devine, who we'll just now call the Super Over Queen. Do you reckon you'd go as far to call her the most valuable player in the competition in terms of obviously what she brings with the bat, but even as a, as a bowler and as a leader? Yeah, definitely. I think she's just the whole package. And, you know, you think about if the game's getting tight and it looks like it might go to a Super Over, you know, I'd be risking it to, to try and get the runs than to try and get it to a super over <laughs> if you know you're coming up against Sophie Devine because it was you know it's just she's just going bang bang and then all of a sudden bang. there is no super over so I think your ability to do that just is is really really important but look I think if any team could could recruit Sophie Devine you'd probably be like okay here's a blank check what do you want because I think she's just that important so I think the Scorchers are very lucky to have her um, and I think she'd be really important and she's a big game player. And every time you come up against the Scorchers, you're probably thinking is today the day that Sophie Devine is going to take the game away from us, whether that be bat and ball. Um, and that's such a nice thing to have in your team. So I'm sure Shelly Nitschke is very happy about that. Yeah, I'm sure she is. Um, but on the other hand, is there a risk the Scorchers might be a little too reliant on her of the, the three wins they've had so far this season? Two of those were the Sophie Devine Super Overs and the other one, she, she hit a ton. Yeah, I think so. I think they need a little bit more out of their middle. That There's no doubt about that. So what the right makeup of, of their middle order is, I think, is is really important. We know that that when you've got Mooney and Devine up top, they're always going to be really dangerous. But I think the longer you go into the finals and the closer you get to the business end, it becomes just a little bit more challenging, I reckon. And that's why I think the heat is so good, because every time that a wicket falls early, they've got you know really good options coming in and you take two or three and Laura Commence walks out. So I think from a Scorchers point of view, they've just got to try to find a little bit more balance in there. Probably missing the Nicole Bolton, I reckon, mm. from a, a Scorchers point of view. It's just that sort of player in the middle that can steady things if they don't quite get off to, to that big start. So I think they'll be looking to that middle order. But there's plenty of players within there. I think Heather Graham is very good and was very good in the 100. So I think she's probably going to be the key for the, the Scorchers if they're to go a long way in this tournament is that we'll talk about Sophie Devine and Beth Mooney, but it's actually going to be players like Heather Graham and Chloe Paparo in the middle that are probably going to help them win it if they're going to get there. Lots of interesting points and lots to think about as we head into the next round. Beamsy, always a pleasure to chat. Great insights as always. Enjoy the cricket over the next week and we'll, we'll chat to you next week. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. And welcome to the show, Jess Duffin. 
Jess, what a weekend it was for the Renegades. Firstly, how stoked is everyone with the start that you've made to the season? I bet there's some pretty good vibes around the group at the moment. Yeah, there is. Um, we're obviously in a very good position at the moment, sitting at the top of the ladder. So um, it's a very different position, I guess, for from the last few years that we've had. So um, especially now that we've been on the road for a bit as well, it's nice that the group are together and um, we can celebrate these little wins together. And, yeah, we've got to ask, how's um, Georgie going with the group and on her first time on the road? Yeah, look, uh, to be completely honest, um, the group has been so fantastic around Georgie and um, helping me out and things like that. Obviously, Chris is back home in in Melbourne, so um, it's always nice to get people around you to give me like a, a lending hand. So um, Josie Dooley and um, Rio Donnell have been fantastic um, along obviously with everyone else, but Dooley's has really put me in the hard yards to become the favourite auntie. So, um, yeah, we'll see how that turns out. <laughs> Dooley, we were going to ask, is there like, is there one of your teammates who, who loves Georgie the most and just always wants to be around it. So is Dool's the leading candidate at the moment? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, any chance Joe gets to have a little time with Georgie and um, get her on her phone watching the Wiggles, um, she'll <laughs> do that. So, um, yeah, definitely definitely number one auntie at the moment, but um, there's, a, there's a few others just sitting in the wings ready to take <laughs> over. <laughs> Has this been easier or harder than you thought it might be being on tour with her? Um, oh, look, it's, it's always going to be a challenge. Um, especially when I'm obviously don't have Chris here, but, um, yeah, as I said, the support of the whole Renegades group, um, has made it completely, um, I guess easier than what I thought. Um, they, they are just so, even the support staff, they, they always want to come over and see Georgie and stuff like that and make sure I'm okay. Um, you know, obviously getting in my gym sessions and stuff like that. Um, we only have nannies for days that obviously I train and, and play. So there's some times there that, you know, there's gyms and stuff like that that I need to get done. So everyone's so willing to, to jump in and give me a hand. So, um, yes, it's been challenging. I'm not going to lie and say, no, it's been, you know, all easy and stuff like that, especially over here in Perth with the time difference but um yeah everyone's made it so much easier for me to, to you know prepare and play yeah awesome and the the melbourne renegades are really firing from all cylinders at the moment we heard jamima rodriguez on the um tv a couple of days ago i think talking about how much fun the group is having as well and how well you've all gelled you know missing last year how nice has it been to come back into this group and how much fun is everyone having out there yeah look um obviously this group is completely different to the group that we had last year um you know, obviously I really miss Molly. Molly's one of my best mates, but, um, you know, we really miss her here at the Renegades, but, um, you know, the group is actually really different and it's kind of, um, nice to have different people involved in the group and stuff like that. I think, um, this year being led by Sophie Molyneux as well, the groups, um, it's a very low key kind of, kind of vibe. Um, yeah, so I'm really enjoying it just from that sense. Um, no real big personality. Um, but yeah, we, we still get through. We've seen Harmon, Jemmy and Eve Jones all performing, um, stepping up at different points so far this season. What have they brought to the group? Yeah, I think just the, their experience. Um, obviously, Harmon's, you know, captain of her country. Um, so she'll bring, she brings a lot to the table. I mean, when, when I bat with her, it's just... <laughs> so relaxing for me to be able to bat with her because every time we come to the middle, all she says to me is it's a good wicket. And that, and then we just (laughs) leave like it's like, it's a good wicket. Yep. Great. Cool. Nice chat. Um, So yeah, it's actually really nice to have her around and just, you know, bring that sort of low key kind of um, vibe, I guess, to, to the group. And um, it's so relaxing whenever she's around and obviously gems just, She's such a good young kid. Um, she's going to be one hell of a player when she's, um, you know, in a few years' time. So, um, yeah, we're just loving having them all here. And while we're on the topic of Harmon Preet, 
that knock on Sunday to chase down the strikers was something else. How did you rate that one? And did you what do you think makes her such a dangerous player when she's in when she's in form like that? Yeah, well, it was nice watching it from the other end for about four or five overs. So um, I was just basically trying to get her on strike <laughs> so that she could do the job. But it was unbelievable. I, I don't reckon I've seen someone hit the ball so cleanly, um, you know, in a very long time. Um, so she just kind of has a switch. She if she realizes that um, we need a boundary, she kind of just flicks this switch and all of a sudden she's in beast mode. So um, she's so dangerous just because of that, because you don't know kind of what mood she's in because she doesn't, she doesn't give you much with her, um, you know, with her facial expressions or anything like that. So um, she's just, yeah, one hell of a player. And I'm just so glad that she's in our lineup. And we've seen, I think a different batter step up every game when Eve Jones missed Josie Dooley just seamlessly stepped up into the opening position. Um, with such a deep batting lineup and after Sunday's win, do you think you guys can basically chase anything this tournament? Um, yeah, I think it gave us a lot of confidence. Um, I mean, the day before we only, I think, got 140 runs or something on the board. Um, I was able to defend that and we kind of had a had a chat as a batting group that night just about how we could get that 160, yeah. 170. Um, it was a bit ironic that um, we were chasing that the next day and it kind of become a reality. But, um, yeah, I think it was just more with our lineup this year. I, I know myself, it's just, so good to be able to be flexible. Like if I get asked to to bat four, um, there's no hesitation. If I get told I'm batting eight, well, that's just what happens on the day. So I think that's where our group is at the moment. We're all kind of happy just to be asked to do and bat anywhere. Um, we, you know, we don't we don't mind if we're batting down the order that day or if we get to open. So um, I think that's why our group is gelling so well at the moment. It's just you know we all want to be role players and. Um, yeah, I think it's working for us at the moment. Yeah, awesome. And we heard Sophie Molyneux, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, saying she missed a call from Helmo at about 11.30 at night with some tactic that he wanted to discuss. Is this pretty typical Helmo? And what's what's he brought to the group as, as coach this year? Yeah, Helmo's been fantastic. I've really enjoyed having Helmo as our coach. Um, yep, I think he forgets the time a little bit <laughs> at stages, but... Um, you know, he's coming from the Caribbean as well. So, um, yeah, I think it's just his passion. Um, that just, if he's calling you at 1130 at night, um, it's probably a pretty good thing to to know that he's so passionate about this group and and where he wants to take us. So, um, yeah, I don't think I'd, I'd want a phone call at that time, but um, she knew how to navigate her way through that one. (laughs) It seems like he's such a tactical thinker when it comes to T20 cricket. Do you think that's having a big influence on what you're talking about with the role playing and particularly how he's been able to move around this bowling group that's lost George Aware? Yeah, I think so. Um, He's a teacher. He has a teaching background. I think that's what um, teachers are so naturally good at is just trying to bring the best out of players. And, um, you know, he has a knack of doing that at the moment. So um, he just tells us all the time to go out with freedom. Um, It's kind of like a no consequence um, kind of, I guess, thought process for any of our bowlers or any of our batters going out there. So um, I think that's just what he brings. He just, you know, he just wants us to be ourselves and um, to play our best cricket. So um, he's been really good, really, really good. I've actually really enjoyed having him here. And how do you reckon Sophie's risen to the challenge of um, stepping up to captaincy this year? Yeah, look, I think Sophie's been absolutely outstanding. Um you know, to think that she was opening the batting in the first couple of rounds um, and decided to drop herself down the order just, um, you know, shows just what she wants to bring to this group. And that is exactly what I was talking about before. And that's just playing a role. Um, So, you know, she's, 
she's kind of a, a player that's um, not very talkative, not very loud, um, but she speaks so much in, in what she does and her actions on the field. So at the moment she's doing a really good job for us in opening the bowling and then bowling death overs. So um, her leadership has been absolutely fantastic. And um, so we wanted to talk a little bit about your cricket and footy comeback. Um, as we can hear Georgie having some fun in the background. Yeah, sorry, she's got a few blocks in her hands. So. <laughs> yeah, so you've obviously had a season of AFL now and now you're back playing cricket. Did you ever think twice about coming back after you, you'd had Georgie? No, I didn't. Um, I think I just am a true believer that it doesn't matter if you're an athlete, doesn't matter if, you know, you're an office worker, doesn't matter what job you have as a career for, for being a female. I just think it's... Um, we should be able to come back. You know, it doesn't matter what we're doing as a, as a career. Um, I don't think by having a baby, it should turn us away from ever coming back and, and doing what we love. Um, yes, I, I've loved having Georgie and I love having her around the group. Um, it hasn't been easy at times, but um, at the same time, it shouldn't stop my career or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I think she's just, she's actually brought that kind of, um, I don't have to think about footy and cricket all the time now because I've got something else to think about and I've got to think about her. So um, anytime, it's pretty much as soon as the last ball's bowled, uh, I'm thinking about, all right, I've got to get back to the hotel to make sure that Georgie's okay and the nanny's okay and um, thinking about what I can do with her that afternoon to make sure that we're getting that time together. So, um, yeah, I, don't, I definitely don't think having a baby should ever stop someone from um, – their career or, or deciding whether or not to come back because um, at the end of the day, I think, I think we still can do it. Well said, well said, Jess. And do you think um, being a mum has changed the way you go about your preparation for both footy and cricket and both in a, in a physical and mental sense? Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess I was so, I wouldn't say self-absorbed, but there's a lot of things that you think about yourself um, when you're doing stuff in terms of um, making sure that, you know, I'm on time for training and all that sort of stuff. Now I don't have that. I, that's taken away from me because it's all up to Georgie and, and what sort of day she's having. or um, Yeah. If she needs help with anything, I guess, but um, yeah, I think in, in terms of if it's changed me as, you know, the way that I think about my cricket and footy, um, I think it's just more, um, there's a lot of young players in this group at the Renegades um, and I've kind of become a mother figure for them too without <laughs> thinking about it. So um, I think I think it just makes you think about other people a lot more and um, make sure that, you know, we're, we're okay as a group and Georgie's okay and everyone's okay with Georgie being around. So, um, yeah, it's kind of – I don't think about cricket and footy a lot actually, to be honest, because um, – Fair enough. I think <laughs> and we've seen a lot of people, I think, with the Nashes coming up, a lot of people have been – Recalling Sarah Elliott and her um, test century she scored in 2013 when she just had her son. You played alongside her for a long time, but I guess you would have been pretty young back then. Did you ever imagine you'd be in a similar position and doing the same thing? No, nah, I didn't. Um, I thought, you know, what she did, what, what Sarah did back then, um, you know, looking back on it now was so big for her. Um, I'm I'm not breastfeeding, um, so Geordie's always had had the bottle, which um, you know has been kind of, I guess, not um, an ideal thing for her, I guess, because they always say breast is best and all that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, um, it's easier now for for people to feed her for me if I'm away or anything like that. But you know, Sarah Elliott was still breastfeeding, um, so she was not only was she making a century, but she was also um, in the background, um, you know, making sure Sammy was being fed. So um, yeah, that was a very big thing back then, and. Um, yeah, sorry, she's just making a bit more noise now. No, <laughs> it's okay. 
completely fine. And Jess, the last thing we're going to jump in with is a segment called uh, Who's Cooking, which is on behalf of Weber Barbecues, which is obviously the naming rights sponsor of the WBBL. So we're going to ask you, we're going to put you on the spot and ask you your three dream barbecue guests are. So they could be absolutely anyone that you'd like to have over to your place for barbecue. Yeah. Yeah. um, Probably Melissa McCarthy. Um, Ooh, someone said oh, that. Yeah. Grace Harris yeah. said that, I think. Oh, really? <laughs> Thanks, Grace. Yeah. Grace, over at my house, not yours. Uh, <laughs> um, I'd probably have uh, Pink as well. Just I love her music and she just seems like, look at her Look at her being a mum as well. Like she's got two kids travelling the world, so still being a singer, hanging upside down, all that sort of stuff. So it'd be, be nice to ask her a few questions. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, in terms of the last one, um, it's really hard. I, I would really, I'd love to bring back, um, I lost my auntie a couple of years ago, so I'd love to bring my auntie back just to sit with her in the backyard and talk about all the years that she's now missed out on. But um, for her to meet Georgie would be something pretty special, but um, I know that's not going to happen. But if I could do something like that, that'd be pretty cool. Jess, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on The Scoop. Love chatting to you and hope, hope you and Georgie go well for the rest of the season. And, and of course, the Renegades. We've loved watching you guys play so far. So all the best for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Sit back and enjoy the stroke play of Meg Lanning. This is excellent batting by Ash Gardner. Jonathan strikes again. She's on a hat trick. She comes at Molyneux. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.